0: The Catholic Parenting Podcast where I explore gentle positive principles of parenting through the lens of our Catholic faith. I'm your host Kim Cameron Smith and this is episode 32. In my last show I looked at different conflict resolution strategies that you can teach your children. So I looked at virtues that are often missing in your kids' um, disagreements, and I talked about the purpose of siblings in our children's path to heaven. I'm going to talk about siblings in today's show as well. I want to take a step back because I realized after I recorded that show that um, One of the most important ways to manage sibling conflict is to avoid the conflict in the first place by nurturing their natural connection to one another. So really, this show should have come first, and that is what I want to focus on today. So I'm going to look at three things that we as parents, that we can do on our end. I mean, we can't force our kids to get along. You cannot force them to have great affection for one another, but we can promote certain um, certain things in our home to make that more likely to happen, okay? So the first thing, so there are three things I'm going to look at. The first thing is we can promote a culture of mutual love in our homes. Create a tone in your home that says we are the tailors and we are caring, or we are the Gonzalez family and we are kind, that it's just part of your family identity to be kind. We build this identity partly by teaching our kids what um, kindness means, but by leading our children um in acts of generosity and kindness toward one another throughout the day and having high expectations for their kindness and generosity toward one another right so for example if one of your older kids is making herself popcorn this happens frequently in my home you can suggest that she asks her younger siblings if they would like some too Maybe the younger siblings don't want any, but prompting the child to just ask as an act of kindness. And of course, this will translate into, um, you know, all of this child's relationships. We should be teaching our children um, to be thoughtful and kind um, in their relationships outside of our homes too. Another idea, um, if one of your kids is having a, a difficult day, invite your other kids to help you make a special treat, right? Give them specific tasks to do to bless the sibling who's struggling. Maybe they're studying for a test or they're sick or something. So, you know, invite your kids to work together to bless this particular sibling. And when we're doing this, what we're doing is promoting an ethos of mutual service. And, um, uh, you know, having a moral ethos is very different from having a moral ethic. Let, let, me, let me clarify that. So Pope John Paul II, he would all often talk about this distinction between having a moral ethic and having a moral ethos. And I'm really thinking about our are children developing a moral ethos. When you operate from a moral ethic, you might do the right thing, but you are doing it because you fear some consequence. You want to avoid punishment, inconvenience, some hassle, or rejection, right? So it's good they're doing the right thing, but to have a moral ethos, it's living at a higher plane because you're doing the right thing from love. You're more Christ-like. You're doing the right thing because you love the other person and you want what is best for them. You offer your acts of love because you want to make the other person's day a little easier or you want them to feel supported or appreciated. So the action is directed toward the ultimate good of the other person. That is when you have a, a moral ethos. But when you have a moral ethic, you're more worried about yourself, and so that's why I like to emphasize that distinction. Because in our homes, um, well, you know, we require kindness, no matter how our kids feel. But by nurturing, you know, so we can't, we, we're not going to wait until our kids say, yes, I feel like being warm and kind toward my sibling. No, they have to do the right thing no matter how they feel. But by nurturing connection and the, this, um, uh, you know, these acts of mutual service, you're, you're, you're promoting really um, your child's capacity to act from an, a moral ethos rather than a moral ethic. Nothing wrong with having a moral ethic, but it's just the beginning in spiritual development. Okay, and so here's a practical idea that I um, drew from some of my teaching materials. I teach um, English and, and literature and such. And so um, I saw this idea and I thought it would really work really well for creating this, um, you know, this ethos of mutuality in our home. So have a family kindness poster. Get a big piece of poster board and some sort of um, art medium like crayons or colored pencils, markers, whatever your, your kids like. And invite everyone to record moments when a sibling is kind or giving to another sibling. So if all your kids are really little, you might really have to take the lead on that. But if they're older, you'll, you can just invite them to make little, um, illustrations and to write, you know, um, you know, Mary, um, set the table for me when I, you know, when I was having a hard time or Mary, um, gave me a hug when I was, um, was sad or something. So that's a way of sort of memorializing, um, your acts of kindness in your home and it can be um a beautiful work of art as well and by the way this rule about kindness it extends to navigating conflicts which we talked about on the last show right so if a child you know if your kids are you know having a strained moment children can have complaints about their siblings but it's just um prudent to focus on the problem rather than attacking the other person this is just basic relationship 101 so you focus on the problem you don't attack the other person so we I talked in the last show about how we want to want our kids to feel free to bring their complaints to us but they should focus on how they're feeling and about the specific topic not attacking the sibling and this is part of this, um, you know, this um, culture of mutuality and kindness in our homes. Okay, so that's my first idea. The first idea is promote a culture of mutual love in your home. The second idea is to promote sibling only fun time. Family play is one of the seven building blocks in my parenting model. I really have found in my own parenting how powerful family play is. When families play together frequently, it builds and protects rapport. And we know that parents who play a lot with their kids, they have an easier time parenting in general because the kids are just more likely to follow the parent's lead. Well, sibling only playtime where just the siblings are playing together is also important. Playing with others releases oxytocin. That's the love hormone. It's like a glue bonding us to others. So when we play with others, it releases oxytocin. And so that's why when siblings frequently play together, they're just naturally, chemically more bonded to their siblings, right? They're not strangers passing in the hallways. So as parents, we can emphasize the importance of our kids all having this sibling playtime. So make sure that in your weekly routine, you have this sibling playtime and facilitate activities um, so that all the siblings can play together. This can be a challenge if you have kids that are, um, you know, have a lot of uh, like a huge age range or they're all their personalities are very different, but if you pay attention and trust it to God. God will open your eyes, and you will see some things that you can do, um, games that they all like, or activities that they might all enjoy. I do think it's okay um, to have parallel play groups. So during this sibling play time, let's say all of your kids are going to play in the backyard. The older siblings might be um, playing flag football, while your toddlers and preschoolers are playing on. Um, a play structure or, you know, something like that. But in my home, I do ask my older kids to invite the younger kids for at least 10 or 15 minutes as part of their play, whether that's at the beginning or at the end. So they're all kind of playing in parallel groups. So they're still playing together, um, but uh, they might be doing different activities if the younger kids aren't um, ready for some of the rough and tumble play with the older kids. Okay. And then my third tip is to promote a team mentality, promote a team mentality. Look for opportunities for your kids to work on something together, just the siblings together. So um, if you tend to split your kids up, you know, Johnny cleans the family room and Janie, you know, cleans the dining room, find some ways to group them together with their chores. Ask them to team up to clean the family room and then move on to the dining room or ask them to work together on some charitable project, like to put together a skit to show grandma, or maybe they're all going to um, have a lemonade stand to raise money for something that's important to them, right? So let them work together on their chores and then let them work together to serve others, you know, think about what your kids' gifts are and have them work together to use those gifts to bless others. All right, so those are the three things. Create, promote a, um, a uh, an ethos of mutual love, promote sibling fun time, and promote a team mentality. So I want to just share this psalm with you, um, uh, you know, to sort of, I like to give a sort of, a, to pull back and give a big picture Um, for you and I came across Psalm 133 and it's talking about brothers as you know a family of believers but I think it also applies to brothers and sisters siblings within a home right so I want to read that to you and then comment on it on how I think it applies to our um, children's relationships Psalm 133 how good And how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together as one, like fine oil on the head, running down upon the beard, upon the beard of Aaron, upon the collar of his robe, like dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. There the Lord has decreed a blessing, life forevermore. Okay, and to think about that in the context of what we're talking about, when the siblings, when our kids get along, when they live in unity, it's like a beautiful dew settling on a mountain, or fine oil on our heads running down our faces, which is a sign of an, um, the anointing of priest. So this anointing um, of oil, um, it's part of our, our priestly dignity as Christians. And it has other connotations in the, in the ancient Middle East, It was common when you entered someone's home to anoint your head with oil. So it refreshed, um, you know, it made you smell better and it was just a kind of a greeting. So among God's people... Unity refreshes and makes um, everything more pleasant for everyone. It makes a pleasant atmosphere. And just think about our children's relationships. They can be signs of holy unity, not just worldly friendship. Unity sometimes comes after a time of struggle. Because when you really know someone, sometimes they're a struggle. But with God's grace, those relationships can be a source of refreshment, like oil running down our foreheads. And lessons in holiness, it can help us create an atmosphere of warmth and love in our homes. So let's pray for God's blessing upon our children's relationships, that they will um, experience uh, unity and peace between themselves. Alright, that is it for today. You can read show notes for this podcast on my website, kimcameronsmith.com. You're just going to click on the podcast button and you'll be able to find um, my blog and my podcast with all the show notes. You'll find tons of parenting resources, articles, and other good stuff for you. Um, There you'll also find links to connect with me on social media, and you can sign up for my newsletter to get updates on my new book coming out on teen faith. Pray for me as I will for you. God bless you. Have a great day.